you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast. Predicted this would happen. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, coming to you from a country filled with heroes in different time zones. Greg Rosenthal in California. Ricky Hollywood in New Hampshire. What's up, lady and gentlemen? Yeah. Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. What's up? This hey, is hey. the uh, ultra-rare Thursday night show. You know, a couple things. We we had toyed with the idea of doing a third show this week, uh, but there were some complications. I mean, we were going to do our network show. Then they got preempted because NFL Network pulled programming for the Juneteenth celebration on Friday. Uh, and then we were thinking, oh, maybe we'll do a third podcast this week uh, to give some content to our fans if we're not going to do a network show. And then we're like, oh, but again, Juneteenth, Juneteenth, so we can't do it Friday. But some news popped up on Thursday today. And, Greg, it just felt like the right thing to do rather than let this news just uh, get stale through Friday and then through the weekend. So we're going to hit on a few things going on in the NFL world that are somewhat important to very important varying levels and you missed me you wanted to see uh you wanted to see me on zoom you wanted to see erica looking like uh a lobster ready to be served at some uh new hampshire uh tourist trap or something like that you are red (laughs) i am i am so burnt that even colorblind greg can see it (laughs) it's true what this is not the first time this has happened erica and you need to take care of your skin i really do because of the uh, very real dangers associated with ultraviolet rays, uh, but also just you know, as a woman, you you don't want to get just <laughs> bad skin. Like you know, yeah, man. women. I know my wife; she highly values. You should see what's going on in like the bathroom and in the shower. She's got all sor- sorts of lotions and things. Uh, come on, let's clean this up. A yeah, I've bit. seen it. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to be one of those. You don't want to be (laughs) one of those those L.A., you know, those L.A. kind of, you know, white women and, you know, little older who who clearly just spend a little too much time on the beach. I'm not trying to be like leathered up, like looking like. But this isn't this isn't like the first day that you've been like, you know, a a fairly pale complexion, you know, woman uh, living in the sun. Yeah, at, at some point you got to you got to take some lessons. Yeah, I was taking a risk trying to get that base tan and uh the <laughs> SPF 30 didn't didn't cut it. Mm. Did you ever see uh something about Mary, that movie? I have, yeah. Do you remember Cameron Diaz's uh live-in friend? 
Yes. That's where you're heading if you don't clean this up. Oh, no. <laughs> Magda, maybe? Or it's maybe. like a baseball net. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So Ricky's here. She's alive. Barely. She's going to stay out of the sun. In New and this Hampshire is how you feel alive, Dan. I mean, that's the reason we're here. Is and, I, and I'm the same way. Like, you know, we have all these days between podcasts. It's nice to think about, okay, we have time off with our families. But the only time we really feel alive is when after that record button hits. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I feel that 110%. And especially when the big news story is about my favorite player wanting to get or my favorite best player on my team wanting to get the hell out of town. Uh, but that's that's the world we live in. So before we dive into this uh, ATN podcast news after dark uh, edition, uh, let's throw it officially to the news sector with a, a nice drop from Ricky Hollywood. Oh, I guess I forgot my code. They ain't cut. Yes, they did. They must have cut me. Already? This is year two. Uh, yes, more innocent times for Jamal Adams, the great safety of the New York Jets, uh, who a couple of years back, that was him being locked out of the Jets facility, and it was all fun and games. But the fun and games are over. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that Adams wants a trade. He wants out of New York. He's unhappy with the status uh, and tenor of the contract extension talks with the Jets. Uh, doesn't believe they are being upfront with him, believes the Jets are dragging their feet. Uh, so he wants out. Actually, his ESPN's Rich Samini with the original report. He's informed the team he wants to be traded. Schefter later followed up that Adams would welcome a trade to seven teams, including the Ravens, <laughs> Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Seahawks. Greg, why are you laughing? Well, just a shot in the, you know, in the face of the Patriots at this point, they can't even get on this list of like would be contenders. I assume that's uh, mm. I assume that's uh, the thinking thinking that he have. I, I like how these stories now evolve because I, I think his his Instagram response to a fan came first. And it was yes. like, ooh, does the Jamal Adams want to be traded? And then, you know, within hours, there's a national report. Yes, indeed. He is. He's officially asked for it. Yeah, and we've talked about it on this show that he is in the third year or he's entering the third year. Correct? Yes, he was a 2017 first-round pick. So he's entering the fourth year of his um, rookie contract with the Jets, which means the Jets have contract control over him this year. Next year, when they would inevitably, uh, if they didn't do a new deal, pick up the fifth-year option, and then beyond that, even if they wanted to keep him around, it did not want to extend him with a longer deal. That would be three years of team control. The Jets have Jamal Adams wants nothing to do with that um, and believes his status is one of the best safeties and arguably the best safety in football means he gets to rook up, rip up his rookie contract. And uh, I don't think, Greg, this is happening. And tell me if you agree. If Christian McCaffrey doesn't get the hmm. deal from the Panthers, I don't think uh, Adams would feel as emboldened, uh, put it that way, if there wasn't some evidence of someone from his draft class that had outperformed his contract already getting paid. 
Uh, I wonder if that is uh, in play here. What do you think about that? Yeah, he and he mentioned in that Instagram response to just some Jets fan who got you know put on blast. Poor uh, Jonathan Abrams out there, uh, same name as the, Ra- <laughs> the Raiders' safety. Uh, yeah, he, he, he used you know he used McCaffrey as an example. He used Mahomes, you know, uh, having his negotiations as an example. And Adams puts himself in that class, and, and he should. And this kind of happens every year with guys, you know on their rookie deal entering the fourth year. That's the time that the really great ones get paid. So that's that's not out of ordinary. What is out of ordinary is that we're going through a pandemic right now and there is some thought that contracts are not being done in part because the NFL brass wants to see what what shakes out here. Because, yeah, McCaffrey got his money, but that, that's been about it. There, there's been almost no... Um, long-term deals signed for for young veteran players, certainly not from from that draft class done, you know, since the big free agency push. And I think that is a factor. And Adams is frustrated that he he believes the Jets are maybe hiding behind that. He he mentioned that in the post too. But I also think it's like this this is what's going to happen if you're a third year safety looking for huge money. Like it would be shocking if that deal was done before you know, the, the week before training camp. I mean, that's just what happens. It's like deadline spur actions is the cliche. And it's like, it's not surprising that the jets are dragging their feet a little bit in the middle of uh, June. I'm not, I'm not going to kill um, the jets for this, put it that way. Yeah. If you, if you'd allow me here, Greg, I, just to get my thoughts out there on this, because I love, I love Jamal Adams. I love the guy. I love the way he plays. I love the way he carries himself. I love the, the passion on and off the field. He's obviously, you know, a foundational piece for them. I love him, but I don't like, I just, I, I don't like how he's handling his business here. And I think he's got this twisted and it's poisoning the well. I, as a Jets fan of a certain age, I remember a similar type situation happening with Keyshawn Johnson. Once upon a time, a great player, maybe not at the highest premium position, uh, but he wanted to get paid and didn't and ended up getting to the point where the Jets had to make a move and they traded Keyshawn when he was in his prime too. And I think this all started when the Jets answered the phone and there are, I guess, disputing reports in this, uh, but the phone, there was a phone call. Jug, Joe Douglas, I guess, had a chance to tell the Cowboys last season that Jamal Adams is totally off limits, uh, but instead he listened to what the Cowboys had to say. And nothing ever came of it. Doesn't sound like there was anything close uh, to a deal happening. And you could say, oh, bad business by the Jets to ever pick up the phone there. Same old Jets. What a joke. But I, I don't see anything wrong with listening to an offer, having a dialogue. I think Joe Douglas seems like a smart guy that knows how this game works. And I think Adams is naive, to be honest, to the realities of the sport in terms of how he thinks he should be viewed. I mean, he's a, a strong safety and he's kind of putting himself in the same place as Patrick Mahomes, a guy when he talks about Mahomes, and I know McCaffrey as well, who's off to a record-breaking start to his career. And I just think safety, safety when you look at it, is not a premium position. It, it will never carry the same value or status as a quarterback or a cornerback or a left tackle or a dominant edge rusher. And I don't want to, like, denigrate what Adams is or what he means or what he can be. Uh, but I just think given the global pandemic, given the contract control that the Jets have uh, and the pandemic, like you said, it could be a salary cap, 
big time issue for the Jets. If they extend him to a big deal, they could put himself in a situation. Why would they Jets ever do that? Why would they ever put themselves in that situation in, in this time of uncertainty? And he wants to be the highest paid player on the Jets. Samini reported he wants to be higher than that would be. He wants to be paid higher than CJ Mosley. And that's 17 million a year. Well, guess what? CJ Mosley stayed healthy. He played out his rookie deal. Got to free agency and got 17 million. That's how this, this works. So go do it. Stay healthy. Keep balling out and you'll get paid. I don't like this. And it's going back to the same thing with Jalen Ramsey, Greg. Last year, I see where this is going and everyone, especially in the media. And I don't want to sound like some pro ownership guy, but it's always, it's the player that's right. The ownership's wrong always. But this idea that a player can be a star and then hold the team hostage when he's under contract. I, I just don't think it's a good look. I, just, I love the guy. I love him, but I don't think it's a good look. Well, I, I don't think he's holding them hostage. He's making it uncomfortable for Not fans. Not yet, but it's getting there. It's and he, heading in that direction. He's making them uncomfortable publicly, but that's his leverage. You know, he's he's not missing anything. And if he misses some training camp, whatever. Like that, I'm, I'm not really, it, you know, I wouldn't be worried about him long term. I think if I was a Jets fan, the concern would be, this has been bubbling for a while. And so the the whole trade rumors thing, I, I don't think started with Joe Douglas. It felt like it started with Jamal Adams. Like it felt like his agent has been pushing this idea of either getting out of New York or he needs to, you know, you know, priming the pump that he needs to get this big time deal sooner than later. And that goes back even to last year because it, it seemed like Adams was already – you know, having, I don't know if it was mixed feelings or whatever, that his agent is playing two sides uh, of the fence here. And and that's his job to do. I, I wonder what the, the back and forth, like the background info is. Because the, the part where I would disagree with you is like, th- you know, third year, you know, great players like him going into his fourth year get huge contracts all the time. Happens all the time. Happens every year. So, th- so that that's like par for the At course. Safeties? Safeties? I mean, it's it's a unique thing. I'd have to go back. It's part and, of the conversation. Yeah, but I, I it whether he like is resetting the safety market or not. Yeah, that that makes. I'm not saying it's not complicated. It is complicated because the fifth year option ultimately, I think, is bad for players that are as good as Jamal Adams because uh, that's like another bit of leverage against him that maybe isn't like totally his worth. But yeah, I would say all pro players get big time extensions going into their fourth year. And I kind of figured he's going to get his extension going into his fourth year. And if I had to guess, I still would guess he would get his extension from the jets going into his fourth year. I want to know like what's happening though, for him to blow up like this. And if I, if I had to totally irresponsibly, irresponsibly speculate, I guess it's that just nothing's happening. And you know, why else would you be getting this frustrated? Like they don't even want to put a number out there. That's going to make him, mad uh they know the kind of money that he wants and he's getting radio silence at this point and then and then you can see it from his side it's like okay well well do they see me as like the one of the best defensive players in the league do they value me that way because joe douglas didn't draft me you know adam gase right, didn't that's dra- part of this too i think adam gase didn't draft me and that that makes it complicated but it's not like the jets are get, getting that that first, I think they asked for two firsts and a second. Samini, it was uh, a first, a first and two, and two seconds. seconds. Uh, I mean, the, ESPN reported they didn't get that last year. They're not going to get it this year. They're not going to get it before the season. That's for sure. 
Right. I just would hate to see this turn into like a Yannick Ngakwe situation because, like I said, he is such a fun guy to root for and watch play. And I, I and the, I, I loved Keyshawn Johnson. I used to wear a Keyshawn Johnson jersey to high school, uh, number 19 for the Jets, and that stunk. But you know what? When they did trade Keyshawn, that ended up being a big deal for them that brought back first-round picks that built the team for the next decade. So I don't think Joe Douglas is going to look at this and say, I need to cave and trade this guy. I would imagine, like you were saying, he didn't draft him either. So it's like, I'm sure he's open to doing business. Um, So we'll see how this all turns out. But uh, I mean, the pandemic uh, thing, though, is the pandemic thing is like is a real thing. That business is getting clogged up right now. I mean, you see that in in all sorts of businesses like that. That is a real thing that I uh, think is going to keep having an impact you know, as we get closer to training camp, we're still so far away that it's a little surprising to hear this like right now. Like why right now? Where does he make his home in the off season? Because there's a lot of parts of this country that do not believe there's a pandemic going on anymore. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. He's probably uh Florida. Who knows? See a Florida guy. Yeah. Um, all right. And other news, bad news for the San Francisco 49ers who uh, lose one of their most promising young players, to a broken left foot. It's Debo Samuel who injured himself during a workout with te- teammates on Tuesday. He's going to be sidelined three to four months, according to rap sheet. Uh, it is a Jones fracture. It's that foot fracture uh, that really causes issues. And it, it, it's a big timetable. Um, so 12 to 16 weeks he's out, which almost certainly puts him on the pup list, you would think, and might be a situation if the NFL uh, season plays as scheduled and who knows and we'll get to that in a little bit um, that it would keep him out probably till sometime in October not ideal and and especially with a guy with his skill set as fast as he is it's a concern obviously that he has now a serious foot injury he uh, was a guy I thought they were almost counting on a little too much you know when you look at their receiver group and and there's a lot of talk about, okay, well, you got Debo Samuel as your number one, and then you, you know, you slide in Ayuk, who's their first round pick, and then you have a lot of a you know, bunch of similar guys. You got Jalen Hurd, you got Trent Taylor uh, is coming back. Um, Dante Pettis, who knows? Kendrick Bourne is a pretty good slot guy. But it's like, hey, we got Debo Samuel as our number one. And I and I heard that and I thought, well, here's a rookie who I love watching play. He reminds me a lot of Anquan Bolden, but and came on at the end of the year, but maybe not a totally complete receiver yet and um, really kind of flashed at the end of the year. And that's the kind of guy a lot of people just project. Suddenly you're going to put up 1400 yards. I don't know if he was going to be at that point in his career. And then you take him away and their receiver group isn't, isn't too good. I mean, Shanahan always finds a way to scheme it up and they've got their first round pick. Ayuk. I, you know, I did like, um, what I saw out of Kendrick Bourne at the end of the year. But otherwise, it's like it's a receiver by committee, and it's not a great group. Yeah, I mean, they have the right coach, like you're saying, to figure this out. Uh, Mark, on our last podcast, he was even talking about Kyle Shanahan could end up being one of the best coaches ever. At the very least, he's one of the top minds in the league right now, so you would think he's going to be able to find something. Or they're going to go out and, and get somebody uh, it makes me wonder. I know I think their cap situation is pretty tight, but uh, maybe Emmanuel Sanders was a guy they should have thought about trying to keep mm. in the building uh, who instead went to the Saints on not a very big deal, as I recall. Maybe it was two years, not anything too crazy. 
that would have given them some more depth uh, and wouldn't leave them as vulnerable as they appear to be here. They still have, of course, George Kittle as well. So there's, it's not like the, 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 they're completely uh, up Poop's Creek right now, but it, it hurts for sure. They, um, they let Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball deep less than any quarterback in the league. Lowest percentage of deep throws. You always make fun of uh, Teddy Bridgewater for his air yards per attempt, Dan. Six yards. You know who's even lower? Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh. Only player in the league yeah. that's lower. Um, and Debo Samuel is, is a guy that's keeping that low because he's a guy you give him to him short and you hope he runs long. But it, it does make you think like Jimmy Garoppolo's got to be a part of this solution too where he makes the receivers around him better. Um, and, and Kyle Shanahan's managed a way to cook up like a lot of production without big time receivers the last few years. So I, I figure he'll do it again, but this, this is a huge loss. Debo Samuel from week 10 onward last season, uh, was 12th in the league in yardage. So he did really come mm. on, uh, but he it's will a not lot of playing. pressure on Ayuk and you, you mentioned, um, you know, not signing Samuels. And I, and I think you're right. They had tough decisions to make. They, you know, they had to bring bring back Eric Armstead. They traded. Sanders. Yeah. They traded uh, Buckner uh, in part because of the caps. And I think, you know, because of the trades that they made, they decided, Hey, we're going to use our draft, you know, capital on receiver instead of spending money on receiver. Ayuk was like the one guy who he very much had draft Twitter split. And I was not a fan. Mm. I'm not like a big draft Nick, but I did look at like the top eight or nine guys. And he was the one guy I was like, man, I don't see it. Kyle Shanahan is a lot smarter than me. To me, he seemed like a poor man's Debo Samuel. And so, so they'll have him try to fit that rule. God, I would have loved for you to go up to Shanahan <laughs> at the scouting combine and say, I do not well, I know what you see in this guy. I would I would like to know. Just tell me like what it is. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm not smart. Uh, all right. And we're all this. Uh, we're talking about the 2020 season. Uh, but who knows if there's going to be a 2020 season? There, there continues to be a lot of concern uh, and rightfully so about how the ongoing coronavirus pandemic could affect the NFL season or even wipe it out entirely. And Dr. Tony Fauci, Anthony Fauci, uh, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and uh, one of those dudes in the White House that you can trust. People like Fauci, believe in what he has to say. Well, he told CNN uh, this week that football players would need to be isolated from others and tested regularly to make this work. Here's what he had to say. Unless players are essentially in a bubble, insulated from the community, and they are tested nearly every day, it would be very hard to see how football is able to be played this fall. If there is a second wave, which is certainly a possibility, and which would be complicated by the predictable flu season, football may not happen this year. Pro basketball, if you're paying attention, the NBA is going down to Orlando, Orlando, Florida, or at least that's the plan, and putting themselves in a bubble. But that's a two-month playoff structure with only some of the teams involved, and the teams will dwindle, obviously, throughout the postseason. NFL, totally different deal. I don't even I, – I, Fauci, man, I love Fauci, but I don't even know you throw something like that out there. It's not feasible. We're talking about thousands of people – uh, for a three to four month season. I don't even know how this is a, a solution. Well, I think he was, you know, if you, if you listen and read all of it, you know, I think he was trying to say if, if a second wave comes, it's like the, the virus doesn't care about the NFL. So if you want me to just be honest, you know, if you're, if you're proud, like the virus isn't going to be on the NFL's schedule. And so he's thinking, 
in terms of the bubble, I thought he maybe meant like within sort of each team, like they're, they're in their own cities and they're trying to stay as contained, you know, just team practicing together and everything. But then you of course have the, the issue of traveling and, and playing the other teams and we're seeing it right now. Not that we're experts and not that we have any idea where this is going, but that that's sort of the point that the places that were the worst in March, like New York City, are in great shape right now in terms of the coronavirus. I mean, right. the, the cases there are are down so much. And some of the places that were in good shape early on, like Florida and Arizona and where you are, Texas, are getting worse. And, and it's not even the second wave that, that people have been talking about in in all these places, it's the first wave. California, which has done a decent job where we're at, has just been a slow uptick climb this whole time. I mean, my my kids, Walker's school, preschool is reopening next week. And it, it's just interesting to think about because right now the cases are actually are a little higher than they've ever been. You know, and that's it's not right. the mindset people are in. And people have figured out how, how are we going to live around this? Because you can't I, people aren't you can't say that you're just going to stay locked in your house. But it's. I mean, the NFL season just to me requires so many things happening that some skepticism is understood. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, Ben Ben Volin for the Boston Globe. He wrote a, a story uh, in reaction to this, and he he brought up some reporting he did uh, last month where he spoke with seven infectious disease experts, two former NFL doctors, and one former NFL team trainer about what it will take for the NFL to play this fall. None of them thought a bubble scenario was feasible. Right. Uh, they said their consensus was that a combination of frequent testing and quarantining plus strict social distancing inside team facilities could mitigate the spread of the virus enough to allow the NFL to make it through a season. That that to me, and you're right, I'm not an expert. Nobody nobody on our podcast is, but <laughs> that's the only way this is going to work. I mean, you could you're going to take the the fans out of the stadium. That's a no-brainer. And then you're going to have to test uh regularly because there isn't an there isn't an option B here. There's no other way to make it happen. There's no big bubble. You can't pull that off. Right. And uh, this one's this one's got me a little shook. I got to be honest with you. Fauci coming out and saying that <laughs> and seeing these cases on the rise uh, this week, uh, it's starting to become a, a bigger and bigger story that this thing, this was supposed to be the, the quiet downtime in the summer. And instead, it feels like it's ramping up. It feels like a coin flip to me right now. <laughs> well, you know, it, that's how it feels. Well, I, I think it's the one of the most important parts of this story was that the NFL chief medical officer, Dr. Alan Sills and the NFL PA. So this is a case where the NFL players and the NFL medically are on the exact same page. Both of them released a statement today and they said essentially that they respect um, Dr. Fauci, uh, but the, the issues that he's, been, you know, that they're, that they, that he's been talking about, first of all, they, you know, the, the bubble, I think they recognize is, is not feasible, but they have been developing a protocol that we've heard a report from our reporters, Tom Pelissero and, and Ian, that they're going to test three times a week, that they've had some protocols and they're going to come out with more of them, that they've been working on this and that that is the best way that, you know, working with the White House, the CDC, other sports league, that it's not going to be easy, but that they, you know, they're coming up with the, the protocol to get this done and they think they can do it. I, I just wonder that, 
and, and it's true when I think about the restaurants and everything, it sometimes it's like, it's less about the businesses and like, can they figure out a way to do it? It's just like, can our country, it's like, if the country can get it under con- control in some way, like a lot of other countries, like most, you know, like most of the like industrial world, like ha- ha- are doing a better job. Like if the country can do it, then, then everything can happen. But if the country's in terrible shape, the NFL is in the country and it's part of the country. And so it's like, it's a bigger issue. It's on some level, it's unfair. It's, it's unrealistic for to expect the NFL to, you know, figure this think, out. Yeah, it's we, like, it's like, it's a, it's a greater societal thing than the, that the NFL can figure out. And I think one thing that's kind of under the radar and it's obvious, but also sometimes you don't even think of it is how big this country is right. and how big it is compared to other countries. And that's why, you know, you have all these different areas, hotspots in this vast, you know, 3000 mile across country. And, it's going to be hard, you know, and the NFL teams are spread out all across the country. So we're going to see what's ha- going to happen with this. I, I did see Ricky just flashed it up on the screen here that I do like the COVID-19 helmets. I don't know if that's a real thing. <laughs> I don't think but that if was they, a real if, thing. Everyone went nuts that about that. Forever. I yeah, I don't think that. They look that. amazing. I hope it's something because everybody would look like fighter pilots, like badass airwolf pilots. Uh, let's hope that happens. That would be some something good that comes out of this. All right. Neil Reynolds is concerned. He 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 was DM, he was like, "What is going on there in the U.S. right now? Like, are they gonna <laughs> be able to figure this out?" Because I think you know the Premier League's back. You know the 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 UK's. You know, and what are they doing? The UK per capita model, their model. right? The UK per capita has more death has had more deaths than the U.S. But their wave kind of came and you know and it's died down and they're already playing you know pro sports again and their cases are microscopic compared to where we're at. And you said it, it, all it takes is like a couple cities where there are teams and that becomes a, a big problem. And you know, wear a mask. Will you wear a mask? You listening. Are you wearing a mask? Wear a mask. Well, not, you don't have to wear one to listen to us. You know, if you're, you know what, um, wear it to listen, but just get used to it. It might take some time apparently. Cause some people, According to the, the uh, and the Walmart that I'm near or here in Texas, you know it's not even a thing. Ricky, we playing football in the fall? Yes or no? Yes. All right, good. Well, see, I was getting nervous, and now I feel better. You should. It, 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 the the one you know plus Ricky, if you want to be like petty about it, is like you know, wouldn't it be funny if like you know Brady and Gronk don't even get to play for the Bucks? You know? Yeah, I mean that's a good way to look joke. at it. It's a joke. It's a bad joke. You're a sick man, Greg. Because <laughs> I know you actually do think about it. No, that. I do not. The last thing I want is no football. Please, please. I am. I am joking. That I. I like it's, it's like I, a, a Patriot transition season. You wipe that out. That wouldn't never happen. Stop. Stidham is, never has to be the pretend it's, quarterback. It's gallows humor, but it's fair to be worried. <laughs> All right. Um, that's what's happening in the news. Uh, before we go, go, Greg, let me just um, we talked about it on Monday show when we uh, were predicting some team MVPs. And now both the AFC and the NFC columns are up on NFL.com. If you want to check out the Zeusers predictions, congratulations. Leighton Vander Esch leads the column. Wow. And, uh, well, he doesn't. It's not be, it's not like he gets eight graphs off the top, but it, I go by division and the Cowboys are up first. Uh. 
And uh, they put, I don't know why, but the editors moved it up and put Dallas first, even though they didn't win the division. I don't know why it worked out that way. Uh, And then the way it turned out, I start the blur by around the NFL with this around the NFL podcast colleague, Greg Rosenthal put it well in a recent write up on key homegrown players. And then I jacked your Sean Lee point. So the fact that you actually lead the column is a little bit annoying to me, but you know, it also (laughs) shows what a big man I am. Uh, to give you the credit you deserve. Um, let me throw a couple more team MVP sneaky ones at you. Tell me if you like it. Miles Sanders in Philly. That's fun. I I, I, I think you can have you know a, with the lack of receivers. Yeah. Did you know that he had, he had six, uh, over 1,600 all-purpose yards last year? That was was a different player down the stretch. I think they are really excited about Miles Sanders, so that's a good one. Uh, let's see. I have Kenny Galladay with the Lions. How about Galladay and Matt Stafford getting 16 games in, in a contract year for Galladay, and he goes nuts. How, here's the fun fact. Only Mike Evans averaged more than 16.7 yards per reception. That's what Galladay's put up since 2018. He's ahead of Tyreek Hill. He, he led the league in touchdown catches last year. He's due for a new contract, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And and uh, people, people kind of sleep on how good – Stafford played in a new system with Daryl Bevel, who, who had been shamed out of Seattle. Actually, it was off to a, a great start in Detroit. Um, let's see. And one more with the Rams. You know who I'm throwing out there? Cooper Cup. Yeah. Cooper Cup quietly in what was a bummer season for the Rams and the offense. He went 94, 1110. And that was his first season off an ACL tear. I got to stop worrying about ACLs because if you, if you look at some of the highlights Cooper cup had last year, you, you hear those reports sometimes in training camp. It's like, he looks like he looks better since his ACL. He's more explosive. And it's like, yeah, he he was some of the plays he made after the catch, which is not, you know, what you first think of with cup were just ridiculous last year. We'd have to get like a physical therapist on, to find out about the different levels of an ACL tear. Maybe he had like a more simple one. Who knows? Or maybe he's just gifted that way. But uh, you have Brandon Cooks now out of, out of the picture. Robert Woods is great, and he's a target monster, but he doesn't find the end zone. Uh, Cup, you could see him in year four. A lot of these guys uh, young, are young there player. around this age, around year three or four. Uh, that kind of makes sense. They sh- they're in their prime. So. And has a, legit, has a legit sort of – Edelman to Brady vibe with with Goff, yes. where they truly are on the same page. He truly, he truly does uh, make them better. I appreciate the link. It, it reminds me of our old, you know, around the NFL blog. We never did. We used to call it a blog. You know, it was like our blogging days. We struggled be, with what to call it. Yeah, yeah. It was we like didn't a new, like to call it a blog, page. but it kind of was a blog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know what blogs are, Erica, but you know, Dan and I both came up, you know, well before we were at the NFL. Just yeah, you guys blog, are big blog bloggers. Yeah, it was big cool. time to just you know you'd link out to the <laughs> other sites and then you'd track who was linking to you, and it was just sort of like a beautiful. Symbiotic like blogging community, you know? Yeah, like Tumblr. You seem like a big Tumblr guy. I did not have a Tumblr, but I did have a blog spot. And it was a oh, baseball yeah. blog. Go figure. Nice. nice. That's cool, guys. Don't bring up baseball either. I can't deal with all this all this negativity in my life right now. There's so much. Ugh. Hey, Ricky, take care of yourself. Thank you. There. You too. Let we're us not, know. Uh, we're not here. No, but I'm focusing on you here. We can't watch after you when you're on the other side of the country and you're just baking in the sun. You're right. Doing God knows what. Yeah. Just take care of yourself. 
Thank you. Yeah. And before we sign off, any news on the uh, interview front? Yes. The wheels are in motion. Okay. Wow. The wheels are in motion. Actually, the, the interview with the local a, paper. You, are you still in Gatesville? Or no, I've moved on to Kingsland, Texas, which is a uh, really nice um, kind of almost like a vacation town on Lake LBJ. So it's about ninety minutes away from Gatesville. I've moved on. Um, however, I will be circling back to Gatesville next week. And uh, yeah, the wheels are in motion. In fact, the sport, the guy that writes the sports for the messenger, Gatesville Messenger, is aware that I'm available. Now, I don't okay. know if he knows about my demands yet. Uh, and let's go over the demands again before I grant the interview. I want the, I want the front page. I don't yeah. want the sports section. I want the front page. I want a photo. And they don't have to send a photographer. I'll send one that I'm, I'm happy with. Okay. Uh, and I'll send them and they could use that. And then I'll grant the interview. So we'll see where the, where the negotiations go. Wow, I'm on the edge of my seat. Like yeah. aware, like he there's a you know an inbox, you know there's an email in his inbox, or you know no, I don't know he's even taking this seriously. He might he might think who's this guy coming in here from out of town? There's a demanding. I'll tell you what it was. It was a text exchange between my wife's friend and the sports writer. Okay, and then he asked for more information, and then um, she sent some bio info to him. So it's on his plate, and it's yeah. up to him now what he wants to do with it. If we had that Stitcher award from 2016, you could send him send him that, send a picture of that, but it's missing. Yeah, I don't know what happened <laughs> with that Stitcher, but it's gone. <laughs> iTunes right. best of new podcast 2016. Come on. So well, tune back in Monday. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a minute since we've been recognized <laughs> by the uh, greater by the powers that be. community. Yeah. Uh, all right. Check back in Monday for an update on uh, the Gatesville Messenger situation. By the way, it's a bi-weekly publication. Ooh. <laughs> so I don't know if that helps or hurts, but that's what it is. Stan Hans is signing off for the old boss and Ricky Hollywood in New Hampshire. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.